Hello and welcome to another podcast from Michelle the Practical Medium and I'm Michelle as always your practical medium accompanied by the air conditioning unit. It's making a clunking noise so because I see it show up on the register for the recording volume I just like to let people know that no it's not their equipment it's not what you're here it's not in your headphones it's just life with a window unit that's about mm, 15 to 20 feet behind me. So, on that note, uh, this is uh, actually another attempt at recording this. I tried to start this on Sunday of this week, and now it's Thursday. I could not get it done. It wound up being a little more emotional than I anticipated, and I uh, just had was flat out all week and had no time to do this. So, I am going to, this is called, attempt number two. Before I start, I want to give the shout out to the Abercast, as I mentioned in my update. He is a podcaster who is focused on the paranormal, but he's more what I would call the arcane in terms of where he focuses on. I am more, you know, the the no-nonsense explainer of how life is not just one and done and why it's not one and done, whereas he goes into topics like uh, witchcraft in America, um, Catholic anti-communism. Let's see, he's got a couple of, he's got multiple parts on it. And it's more arcane. It deals with more with religion and, you know, the the historical aspect of it. But it is always good, as I feel, to keep yourselves an open mind and listen to something different for a different perspective and aspect. So, John Towers, the Abercast, A-B-R-A-C-A-S-T, is available on iTunes, and the website that uh, I, he, we found each other on is called Audrey, A-U-D-R-Y dot I-O, and you can find him on either setting. So, give him a swirl, listen, you know, whatever, and see what you guys think, and maybe something else to, uh, to, to ponder. So, on that note, I'm going to do an update because uh, another update podcast, a short one after this, just to keep it going and explain something about how humans are more, and um, what would I say, more responsible for the stuff that's going on in the world right now than anything else. The other side really doesn't uh, diddle in in our lives in that regard to that degree it doesn't unleash plagues it doesn't unleash wars it doesn't you know come come through i'm saying this in reference to the fact that i do live in chicago and we are in the news quite a lot lately because of the stuff that's going on here and there's a lot of people who find it convenient to blame the current mayor having been in an industry in at one time that worked closely with the city of Chicago in terms of enforcement and laws and having, you know, being under, we were actually under the scrutiny of Mayor Daley himself at one point. And uh, I have an insight that most people are completely overlooking about why these social contracts are not being upheld anymore. And I will get to that in an update podcast because it's not really too relevant to the topic I'm about to talk about in a minute here. But I wanted to give a quick segue into that and just point out, no, this is not spiritual. This is not somebody creating chaos on the other side in case anybody's wondering about that. It is purely human manufacture. 
And I would like to take a separate short podcast to talk about that. So now that I've gotten all that out of the way, I'm going to talk about, as I have promised, pets. Now, we as humans obviously live, are among the longest lived mammals on this planet. And our pets just don't last as long as we do, which means we go through several groupings of pets throughout our lives. And it's kind of crappy, it's kind of sad, because we, they, they get into our lives, they become part of family, and when we have to let them go, it just sucks, you know? And we wonder, as we all do about anything that we love, will they be there for us when it is time for us to come home? And do they resent us when we have to let them go with through use in the euthanasia? And are we betraying them when that happens? Some other things that come up about how pets and other incidental things that come with being a pet owner. I'm going to actually try something different tonight where I did a little bit of, a, of an outline before I started to helpfully smooth my thought transitions. Let's get started on what we all understand about pets is that they're loving and they are companions. They make our lives better. They listen to us and don't talk back. They are just wonderful creatures that absorb our miseries, our highs, our lows. They share our lives with us and they react accordingly. Now, I will start out by saying that I am a cat person and I'm only saying that because it's going to be real noticeable when I talk about my experiences with pets is mostly cats and that is because I have lived in the city for almost 30 years and I just I grew up out in a semi-rural area and I feel that dogs really need more room than living in an apartment and going up and down stairs in an apartment building as they get older and have arthritis and physical issues to me is just not ideal so I don't want to I don't want to put a dog through that until whatever my life changes and I'm living somewhere else with more with less stairs and more land for them to roam maybe I'll have a dog again but I just wanted to clarify that I don't hate them I'm just right now a cat person but what I will say applies to all creatures equally in terms of if it's a dog it's a cat it's a bird and how they view us and what happens after they pass it's a it's a applicable across the board because there's something that I have mentioned that bonds us all together and that is love. When you have love, you have a bond. And when you have an animal that you love and the animal loves you back, that's a bond. And when that animal passes, that bond is not broken. I mean, it feels like it because animals don't come necessarily come back to us and say, hey, I'm here. You know, check me out. I'm still here and, you know, I'm still ready to, to hang out with you and play with you and, you know, hang, do whatever we did when you, I was alive. They're still, they're, they do do that because they don't have the same cognition about death than humans do. And that's okay. It's not something that is traumatic or dramatic or needs to be stressed about. It's something that pets, once they figure it out, they're fine. So when it comes to their transition again like I said they don't have a concept of life after death because they just don't when they don't have a body anymore they go through a period of confusion why am I not being fed anymore it's time I'm supposed to be fed or why aren't you interacting me with anymore well that's you know it sucks to think about that but it's not exactly all that bad either I'll get to that as well 
So what I'm primarily concerned about here is just taking away the stress of losing an animal as best as I can and just letting people know that your animals, your pets are still here. They're still with you. They might be under the watchful eye of a, a deceased family member or even friends and um, that to keep an eye on them until it's time to come home. And sometimes they're a bit independent because if you have anyone who's ever had a cat, even though they can be really good com company, they still revert to independent status pretty quickly. So I think cats, hurt, the, the phrase hurting cats applies to both sides of the fence. Anyway, so I'm going to go to the point of when an animal passes and I'm going to put talk about the euthanasia. This is where I'm, I got emotional because it's, you know, even though I'm a medium, death of losing my pets the, and death still is an emotional thing, as I keep saying, but I feel the need to clarify that. So when we put a pet down and we euthanize them, a lot of times we feel like we feel guilty because we caused the actual, we caused something to die. And that is an understandable feeling because it's nobody wants nobody who with a consciousness and a heart likes to f have that feeling but unfortunately or fortunately depending on your point of view we have that option to give our pets that peace we the, the release that they need to get away from pain that is not killing them but is making them suffer or they're living they're they're dealing with anything that is making their lives untenable and they're suffering and they know suffering that's for sure so when you relieve them of their suffering even though you're leaving them of their physical life you're not ending their existence even though it might feel like that because you're not going to be seeing your cats or dogs or whatever critter you had roaming around the house like you once did However, it's, it's as crappy as it is, it's an ending. It is not the end. It's the same goes for pets as it does for people. Death is temporary, is a temporary dividing of the lines. It is a temporary, what am I looking for here? A temporary pause between us finishing our lives and waiting for those who have finished their lives waiting for us. Same for pets. Do they have all of a sudden instantaneous human knowledge when they die not specifically they have more process thought processes available to them but it's the same with humans our thought processes and our event horizons widen so does a pet because they're not limited to their body anymore but you're not about to have a conversation like you know hey you know hey ralph how was the job today kind of stuff pets just don't have that the uh the the joke that we say about pets is, is that you do wonder what goes on in their pea brain, and when they do that, when they die, you get more of an insight. But it's not like talking with a human. I've never really connected to pets in that way, but I have seen my old pets, and I've experienced them on my bed, and because it's easiest place for me to feel them. I will get to that towards the end of that the uh, the podcast, and I'll relay a couple of stories there, so people have some ideas of maybe what they should be looking for. So. Euthanasia, I'm getting off track on here, euthanasia is a blessing and, and it's a lousy blessing It's because you are giving your pet the relief and release that they need from their physical pain. They transition over, but they still know you. They still are there for you. They still want to be with you. 
and they are they don't go away maybe they will go home with a family member that's deceased because they recognize that person or maybe they recognize the friend as somebody who's connected to you and they will stay with them or sometimes you know they just want to stay with the humans and be with the humans because just simply love they just want to be with you and it's something that doesn't change throughout the decades it doesn't change no matter how many pets you have had um, and as Ken likes to say, I have a bed full of cats when I go to sleep at night. And sometimes I have the childhood dog with me. For me, it's like, you know, it's like, God, where are they? I have had so many cats. Where's, how do they make room on the bed? Yeah, they, they're here. They're, they're with me, but they do move around from person to person. Because in my case, I had three cats with my ex and one cat was his cat. You know, the, the it was the one cat that was just wonderful dog and a cat body but it was his cat now this cat also loved his clouder his other the other two kitties he goes the other two cats tend to stay with me well the this cat the male cat likes to stay with my ex so they move around and they they just know they just like we do and we're when we don't have a body they know where to go how to find this person it's just think of them and you're there with them it's the same thing for animals any any animal i'm just using cats and as the the sample example because that's what i had the most familiarity with but again it's the same across the spectrum for any animal that has loved a human from elephant to the smallest mouse same thing it's love. It brings them back to the person they love. The idea of somebody who has a ghost of an elephant in their house, well, it's a weird one, but yeah, I, I actually, I know of it has happened. Yeah, believe it or not. But because it's a ghost elephant, nobody really cares about the, uh, the, the strength of the joists holding up the house. Anyway, uh, these thoughts that come flying through. And it's not me, that's Ken. When we, so moving on from the euthanasia, moving on to what happens, let's see, what happens when a pet dies? So we'll talk about that next. Pets' passings are similar to that of humans. It's all death is the same. It's a transition from the physical to the non-physical. But in pets' cases, there is, as I said, there's confusion because they're used to their routines, they're used to the people that they live with, and now all of a sudden they go from being acknowledged to not being acknowledged. So they do, they do try to figure this out, believe it or not, they do. They figure out that, they, that somebody else brings them their food, somebody else pets them, and somebody else treat, handles them, but their bond is with you. Once they figure out that the, the foods, the, the basic necessities are changed, they just kind of walk away from it. They don't think about it. They're not capable of thinking about it because they're animals. Animals have a different kind of thought processes to us. They're not as, well, I'd say they are nuanced because I have seen even horses put down some nuanced thinking, nuanced thinking, excuse me. For the most part, I'm blanket statement here with exceptions to the rule. They just accept things. They don't question they i mean you may have seen an animal question why you yelled at them but that's more confusion than questioning because that's how they learn they learn from being shaped their their behaviors are shaped by us to do things that we need them to do in order to get along with them now that's all changed what does a dog do well 
Or does a cat, they figure it out. They've realized, well, this is different now. I feel different, but I don't feel different. I'm not sure what's going on. But I really don't care because I am a cat, dog, bird, fish, and a lizard even. And I'm just going to do my thing because I always did my thing and I'll be keeping on doing my thing. They just don't really do too much um, introspection about it. So where do they go? What do they do? They do animal things. Sometimes they get to they explore the world because death isn't a thing for them anymore. They can walk out in front of a car and not get hit, get run over anymore. So they just keep trucking anyway. And the person driving the car keeps driving like they always do. They just live their lives the way they know how. And they might explore the world without the worry of being finding their home. They don't have to worry about food in that sense, they don't have to worry about starvation. I mean, a cat's going to still hunt a mouse. A dog is still going to look for, you know, for food in the form of, I'm sorry, a working dog is going to go find work. Uh, a companion dog is going to keep you company. They just do what they did in life and do much the same as we do. They just find it, they just kill time and wait for the day that the human actually can see and touch them again. They do return to us, they do come and hang out with us, they do live with us, and they will, like I say, they will move around. They'll go from person to person, so if you have a divorce situation like me, that the cats or the dogs or whatever will will split time, <laughs> they'll, they'll share custody of the humans. It's kind of funky, I know, but this is what they do do. It's not much to worry about because the moment when it's time to come home, they're there to greet you at the door like they always did. It's kind of cool, isn't it? And they wait for you to open up that can of food and plop it down like you always did and sit in your easy chair and turn on the TV and, and relax and they can hang out with you. Or go for a walk or go for a run. You know, any of that. That stuff resumes when you go home. In the meantime, your pets are with you. Their, their bond of love is still extant. They don't leave. They want to stay. They want to be with you. Now, if it's an abuser... If the situation where the pet was abused in life, they don't go back to them. And I can speak to that with with uh, certainty, actually. I mean, not that I'm not speaking with certainty, but I have had actual experience with the physical and the non-physical aspect of an abuser trying to return, retrieve their pet and uh, not having much success with it. So, on that note, I will segue out of that and we'll talk about my last cat, Bubba T. Love Sponge. T for the. Bubba was an honest-to-God witch's familiar. He could see the dead like no other cat I have ever seen. I mean, he would track people. He would track the other cats as they came around. I even had him charge my childhood cat when I had to stay at my parents' for a couple of days between moving apartments. I'm on the bed minding my own business, and he's, I'm in my old bedroom too, so this helps the ghost cat. Bubba just got up and beelined to the end of the bed with, like, he charged. And then when he got to the end of the bed, he stopped, and he was all confused and looked at me like, didn't you see that? There was a cat here. I can, t I could sworn there was a cat here. And I looked at him, and I realized, oh, I bet you Spooky came in to, ha to, to say hello, because I was... Seven-year-old girl naming a black cat. Yeah, really good. Yeah, so Spooks, most likely, well, it's most likely. I know he came in to say hello and, and hang out, but he didn't realize there was a living cat there. That same visit, I was there for, I think, three nights with him. 
one of my grandmothers that I never met when I was alive, he hit on her. I have no clue she's there. I had no clue at the time that spooks had come into the room until afterwards and I got the replay of what happened. Ken, when I don't see things in my mind's eye in, in, in real time, Ken replays it for me so I, I know what went down. But this time, Ken didn't clue me in. I don't know why. Not a big deal. But um, his eyes, I remember sitting there with Bubba and his eyes got huge and he's just focused dead on somebody who was to my right. So I quickly messaged Linda and said, hey, this Bubba's acting kind of weird. Any idea? Well, it was, she got some, she got some words and like, I just, something about wanting to, to uh, be with her baby. I cannot remember exactly the words. A little strange, but she described the person. I said, oh, that's got to be one of my great grandmothers that I never met. Because I had uh, one of my great grandmothers just was a wonderfully affectionate woman. And I wished I had known her in life because everything I've ever heard about her is wonderful. So I was glad that she visited me and I'm glad that Bubba alerted so I knew she was there. But um, Bubba was an interesting cat. Um, He showed up in the backyard of the building and the, the second floor neighbor who was a toxic personality to begin with and um, untreated diabetes made her worse. Noticed him coming to to the backyard and thought that she was going to have to trap him because he was a wild kitty when he was really somebody's pet that got abandoned. So she spent like weeks in the backyard calling to him every day for food and finally convinced the landlady to let her have him. So she brings him in and for years I'm hearing her yelling at him through the floor. The no was over, yelling no at him was over food because uh, he had eating difficulties and she didn't uh, want to accommodate him. She wanted him to force, she wanted to force him to eat the food that she had bought for him. I only know this because I put two and two together after I realized he had eating difficulties. It was swallowing, not tooth. And it was actually a slow formation of cancer. Yuck, <laughs> this is where I got emotional. So I, but I worked with him and accommodated his funky eating habits because at the time my life was upside down and I didn't have a chance to get him to the vet. That was on me but I don't think anything could have ever have been done so yeah guilt guilt self guilt. So back to track. When I first got him I was I work at a I work from home and so I'm always at a computer and cats like to keep an eye on on their humans. They like to be within the line of sight. That's why if you have a keyboard and you have a cat that likes to walk on your keyboard and lay on top of it, it's because it wants you to look at them so they can look at you. It's just a simple form of of contact and connection for a cat. So, you know, decoy keyboards for the win. Anyway, so the, um, he sat in a bed on the, on the desk to my right. I had a very large desk at the time, so he could uh, be in my, he could see me, but not sit on my keyboard. Frequently, in the weeks after I got him, I would watch him. He'd be he'd be out cold, curled up, pin. On, he'd just all of a sudden wake up and pin his gaze on somebody, and he'd track them. Mind you, I'm this is in 2016, late 2016, early 2017, and I'm just working. I'm still working on my reopening. It wasn't. It was not that. I was not that wide open at that time like I am now. Just kind of sitting there like, what the hell's up with you? Who's here? Who do you see? And finally, I said something to Linda. 
I had sent, mentioned it to her before, but she never really focused in on it for me. So, but one day something caught her attention and she goes, it's his old owner. She doesn't like that you have him and she's trying to take him home, which take him home means uh, remove his soul from his body. And that's something that happens with the newly dead trying to thinking they can bring the living home with them. So she was trying to get him back for me. And she didn't like, you because know, it's a long side story. She never liked me. She never, she, she hated my guts and she hated the fact that she died and I took her cat. Well, her friend abandoned the cat, basically, as far as I can tell. So that's why I took him. I'm not going to let an animal starve. So he would watch, this is, he would watch this, watch some, watch her back and forth. She would t call to him, she apparently. He, she would s walk the floor behind me and try to uh, grab him and get his attention. And once I found out that this abusive bitch was coming back to try to get her cat, I had it. I saged my apartment like you would not believe. Uh, she had been getting into my dreams prior to that and seeing the, the mess around my apartment because at the time, I'll admit it, I was a hoarder, but that's another story for another time. In my dreams, threatening to tell the landlady about how messy I am. And I'm like, you're dead. You can't tell her shit. So I, a friend of mine, my friend of mine gave me um, a charm talisman to wear to sleep to keep her out of my dreams. I saged my apartment and kicked her out. And once I had done the saging a couple of times, that was it. Between the, the talisman, wearing the talisman and saging the apartment, she never, she, I blocked her out. She could never get back in and she could never t reach her cat again. Not that he really wanted her, because you could tell by his body language he was very unhappy. And he was quiet and peaceful. He never tracked anybody ever again. I'll, I take that back. Ken likes to troll pets, and it's it's harmless. It's just a little annoying to sit there and watch your the cat go, Who are you? What do you want? I don't know what you want from me, dude. I can see you, but I can hear you, but I don't know what else you want. Back to the, uh, st the story of a year I got him in late... 2016 so I had him about two years because he had cancer and cancer finally took him from me and um, in the meantime um, I'd say in the about maybe two months or so before I had to let him go I was constantly seeing one of my cats from the old crew she was very visible uh, her name was Flea because uh, she moved like a little she was athletic like a flea so that's how she got her name and of course, another black cat, another witch is familiar. And she came for Bubba. This is ostensibly a cat that she never knew in life because it had been between the, it had been seven years since I had had any pets, much less, you know, taking care of a cat. She was hanging around. She knew it was going to happen. And I would be sitting here and I would see a black cat slinking past me going to the kitchen for a meal. And I look around and I'm like, wait, no, Bubba's over there. Who did I just see? Confirmed it through Linda once again, because I was, sometimes I, it's just, my life is so wacky. I need a third party opinion to help me out. And I sometimes go to Linda and say, hey, can you help me out here? Because I'm going crazy. Yeah, so Flea came for him. She was very, very visible in terms of me seeing her and hearing her. And my favorite story, which to tell about this when somebody asks, is one night I'm in bed and I'm watching videos and Bubba's laying with me on the bed. 
like he always does. And he's, he was a very mellow guy. He was not very excitable. Not much riled him up. So he's just kind of hanging there looking at, uh, you know, whatever I was at something or whatever I was watching because he was aimed watching TV. Who knows what cats comprehend? I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, great. There's an adult house centipede on the wall. I mean, when you, if, no, if people have seen house centipedes, they come in the lease when you sign a lease for an apartment in Chicago. I mean, it's seriously, it's written in the lease that you have house centipedes and you can't do anything about it. So you may as well just suck it up. I'm kind of joking here, but anybody who has ever lived in a house, in an apartment in Chicago, even a house, has house centipedes. They, they, they come as soon as it warms up, they leave as soon as it freezes. Yeah, they're fast. <laughs> they're kind of hard to kill. And uh, because they eat other critters, I leave them alone. So I'm sitting there and I look and there's this sucker sitting on my wall all nice and leggy and spiky and ugly. And Bubba was not a hunter. He just didn't even acknowledge its existence. So you can imagine my surprise when I heard the solid thump of a cat on the floor that just leapt from the bed. Literally the plump of an eight pound cat hitting the floor. And Bubba just looks at it. He just looks in the direction of the sound. I'm like, what? What just happened? It hit me pretty quickly what had happened because there was no no other way around it. Flea was a hunter. She saw that bug. She was going to get that bug. And she couldn't resist the bug. She couldn't resist the urge to hunt. So she jumped down off the bed and she made it. She was so intent. She was solid enough to make a sound as she hit the floor. Weirdest thing ever. And Bubba, yeah, it's all yours. I don't care. Have fun. And goes back to watching TV with me. I mean, can my life get any stranger? On that note, um, I did, like I said, I lost Bubba to cancer a few weeks later, I'd say. Yeah, it was a few weeks later. But in the meantime, because he was he was my only cat, I had never got, my life was such a mess for the time I had him. I didn't have the time to get him to the vets until like about three months before I had to let him go and test him for, you know, because I wanted to make sure he was okay to live with another cat. I never got him a buddy, but he was okay living alone. He, he even though I would have loved to have, have a second pal, apparently I didn't need to get one because the ghost cats are around and he was very content living with them. Go figure. So Flea came and got him, took him home. And oftentimes pets do do that. They will come home, they will they will come and bring the other cat home or bring the other dog home or whatever it is. They don't cross over alone. Even when you take them into the vet, that they're there in advance to let the cat, the, uh, let sorry, let the animal know, the pet know, whatever its species it is, that they'll be greeted who to look for. So in my case, Flea came to let Bubba know she was going to be there and she was going to wait for him and she would show him the rope. Yeah, this is this is where I get emotional because I miss all of my cats. I haven't had a cat since then because of various reasons. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm starting to get a frog in my throat. Haha, <laughs> croak, 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 croak. It's, um, it's just, it was, losing him was hard. So I just haven't really, really recovered. Eventually I will. I know I will. But And I'll go through this all over again. And even though that I can feel the cats landing on the bed, I can feel them brushing against my leg now and again. Because it's weird. I don't... Um, personal admission time or too much information. I'm blonde. I so And I don't have a lot of leg hair. <clears throat> so I don't bother to shave or wax because I, <laughs> I don't really care too much. It's not that visible. But apparently the leg hair is enough for the cats to brush against. And I do feel something like a tail wiping against my leg hair. 
<laughs> so I know they're around. And sometimes I do feel them landing in the bed. And the funny thing is, is that um, if there's something plastic on the floor, like I've got a you know plastic bag from something that I haven't moved out of the bedroom yet, they'll walk on the plastic bags. But they tend to do it when I'm about to fall to sleep, so it's not really cool. But, you know, cats and plastic bags, they go together. I have to remind myself every once in a while when I've put together stuff that needs to go out that to take the bag out so they don't walk on it and wake me up. And I've also felt the cats walking on me. They're there, and I have that comfort. And if anybody has ever let their pet go, or lost their pet, whichever, and has felt something like a ghost cat, or even heard them, you know, heard the sound of the, the, uh, the tags on their collar, heard them meowing or just normal noises that they used to make when they were alive and they're doing it even though you let them go it's because they've come back to you it's because they love you it's because they want to be with you and they don't want to leave you and in the days after their passing the energy is much stronger for them to make physical to be physical with you'll hear them meow so you'll hear a bark or you'll hear a familiar tick 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 of, t- of nails on the floor or the lapping in a bowl and then, um, you know, so if you if you do ever pick up on that, that's because it is them and they're back because they love you. And that's really all there is to it. It's kind of amazing how powerful love is. It's more than just body chemicals. It's an actual lasting emotion that binds us all together. And pets, humans, anything that we love. It just keeps us coming back for more that note i have gotten through this without losing myself my my uh, <clears throat> shit and have didn't tear up so on that note i am going to close this one down i will have some addendums in the next brief podcast because ken will have has some perspective but i didn't do a very good job of working it in, in the original so i'm going to have an addendum so it stands on its own as its own story it's better that way the way it works out so until next time, I hope everybody's staying safe. Hope everybody is staying uh, healthy and um, free from the Rona, as I have taken to calling it. Not to minim- minimize it, it's just easier to say Rona sometimes. And that we're enjoying our lives as best as we can. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my erratic schedule and coming back to listen whenever I've got something new. Maybe, just maybe in the future... I'll actually straighten my crap out and prioritize prioritize getting a podcast out on a regular basis for everything. So I keep trying to make myself accountable. I've done this before in podcasts. Maybe this time it'll stick. So on that note, the next podcast, as I've mentioned, will be about the story of a Reddit user that's a police officer and the information that I gathered for him and to help him stop a house from calling 911. So until next time, the next podcast, like I said, will be an addendum, and I will fill out some more information that I think about after I hit the stop button. Take care, thank you for listening, and be well, and enjoy.